Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. Hey, welcome back to another episode here on the live version of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast, where we talk all things talent across the MedTech industry. Mitch Robbins coming at you live, the host and founder and managing director of the Anthony Michael Group, a search firm based in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, helping MedTech organizations across the U.S. and now globally, actually, to build high-performing teams, primarily in areas like regulatory, quality, clinical reimbursement, et cetera. Joining me is Principal Talent Advisor, my right-hand man in the office, Adam Sapi, and our great friend, Nick Swig, the Director of Talent Acquisition at Collegium Pharmaceuticals. So guys, we're going to get right into this. Here's the thing. People are not effective working from home. They're just not effective at getting their jobs done working from home. So that is not my opinion by any means. However, there are many, many out there who believe this. This is a mindset a lot of folks have as of today. We're past COVID. We want you back in the office in some capacity. Let's get back to the way things were. It, some have even ventured to say it's morally wrong to work from home versus work in an office. And we're going to unpack that today, guys. I want to talk to you about your own opinions about working environments, remote, hybrid, on-site. And then we're going to dig into some trends that we're even seeing, you know, in our own day jobs within the heart of med tech and the life sciences in general. What are the preferences from companies and what are the preferences from candidates uh, when it comes to these three different working environments? So let me bring you guys into the show. Welcome. Thanks for being here, gentlemen. What do you think about this idea of working from home is not effective? Well, I'll let Adam start on this one just because he is in a full work from home capacity. So Adam, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say, this is not a green screen or, or a backdrop. Uh, luckily, I don't have a bulldog running by or my kids are at school today. So in a couple of weeks, it'll be a different environment. But I mean, gosh, Mitch and I certainly, I think we were, if we weren't, well, we weren't proponents of, of working from home, let's say that three years ago or whatever it was. I don't think either of us were. We got in a spot where our lease was coming up right at the peak of COVID. Hey, let's work from home for a little while. And then here we are now. 30 months later, whatever it is, we've had some of the best years that we've had as a, I've had some of the best career years and we've had some of the best years as a company. And I think a lot of that, obviously for me, at least I would tie to the market conditions for sure. However, I think a lot of people have proven that you can be extremely effective working from home. And it's not for everyone. I, I talked to candidates, you know, and some are real transparent about, I get tripped up with the distractions at home. I want to take a nap in the afternoon. I want to get, I get stuck on daytime TV. Certain distractions that we haven't faced, you know, throughout our lives are tripping people up. And then on the flip side, I hear so many positives where I don't have the distractions. I don't have an office of 30 people or 70 people or whatever the case might be. My, my personal belief is that A players, strong people are going to be effective in almost any environment, uh, short of a toxic environment or, you know, working at a construction site, trying to make sales calls or, you know, something absurd in that scenario. Um, and, and if people are inept at home and easily distracted, those are the people we've seen at the office too, where they walk around slowly, they get their coffee, then they come back, then they go talk to their neighbor for five minutes, and then they go to the bathroom break, and then they come back in and you can watch them, right? Like 
they probably do 45 minutes worth of work in an eight hour shift. So, you know, so, some of the CEOs are saying, hey, some people haven't logged onto their laptop in months. I'm sure that happens. I don't know how that's possible, but that stuff can happen. But just like the person that's on your payroll that goes to the office every day doesn't produce 40 hours worth of work in a normal month either. So I, I think you can game the system, whether you're in an office setting or at home. Yeah. And I'm, I was just going to say along those same lines where, you know, contrary to these company leaders that, you know, open the glass doors on their top floor office and pronounce to the world the correct answer is working from home is bad, right? The reality is there isn't a right or wrong way. And I, I think it's just one more variable that candidates need to consider when they're considering a really broad array of, of variables from a uh, how effective can they be, right? Um, some people are more effective in a cubicle, others more in an office type setting. Put me in an office and I, I swear I'd lose my mind, right? And I, I've said that for years. A couple of years before the pandemic, my company at the time lost space. It didn't have enough space for me and my team. And as they were talking through solutions, uh, one was potentially having us work from home. And on the spot, I was very clear. You make me work from home, I quit. That is it. I am not doing that, right? Um, now, the truth is I hadn't tried it. I didn't know. Um, but that was sort of my impression of my own personal needs. And naturally, COVID hits and nobody had a choice. And I learned actually working from home isn't the evil I thought it would be. But I really think I have learned I tend to be more effective from home, more efficient. I get more work accomplished. It's the chit-chat during the day, the, the myriad of questions. And I think I've said this on the show before. I've made the decision that, look, my company has decided that it wants to invest a portion of our work time in the culture, right? And so uh, we do hybrid. We're on site Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I think the company is acutely aware we are less efficient because of the commute in, because of the you know the chit chat and whatnot. But also recognizing the synergies that come from that more communal space working are worth it in the end. I think equally there are companies like your own that can conclude the opposite: that working from home makes the most amount of sense, that it affords the most flexibility. You, you get the work done. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I think candidates have to think critically about their own personality and ask questions as they're going through the interview process. Try to get things in writing <laughs> in your offer letter. Because I'm sure, Mitch, Adam, you've both heard from candidates that say, you know, hey, what, when they recruited me, this was a remote position. Now it's not. And, you know, it's an hour and 45 minutes away. So I think the more you can do to get remote written into or hybrid written into the, the offer letter itself is, is good. That's good advice. For sure. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, as brutally honest as I can about my own feelings on this, and then kind of talk about what some of the trends are that we're seeing. So I think I even voiced this to Adam at the time, but before, right around the time when COVID was happening, we started to work from home. I actually was really sick. So I had COVID very early on and I didn't have a choice. So Adam was still in the office at the time with a variety of other folks because we were in an office space that was in an office space. And I was very sick for probably three and a half weeks. And then things started to get worse as in general within the U.S. as far as more cases and stuff. And I finally said to Adam, I said, man, what do you think about packing up and taking your stuff home? Our lease is coming up, whatever it was. At the, or maybe we were month to month at that point. And he's like, I'll try it. Or yeah, I mean, that's fine. And never in my wildest 
dreams, did I uh, have the intention of working from home or want to? I thought it was going to be miserable. Really, I really thought it was going to be miserable. I, um, when I started the business, I started about out of my basement and very soon after I needed to go get an office. I just focused better. I felt more comfortable being around uh, business people instead of being in my basement. I felt better about myself. And I just never, ever envisioned building a business from home, let alone working from home all day long. Now, I don't know, man, I'm so used to it. I'm comfortable with the environment that I'm in as far as what I'm doing. I'm comfortable with how we communicate as a team. The one piece that I do genuinely miss is the everybody kind of pumping each other up in one environment, in one place and having our accountability metrics up on the wall and having contests in, in the environment and having the buzz of the office. I will say I do miss that. And there's been times where I've said to Adam in passing, you know, maybe there is a time where we get an office and we're at least there a few days a week or something, if we can make it work. I'm going to stop before we get into trends. But Adam, if you're comfortable with it live on the show, what's your opinion of that piece? Yeah. And, I, and I'm and i the exact same. And I think Nick hit it on the head where he was anti working from home too. And I think the, the caveat to that was he hadn't tried it. The only time I had worked from home is you wake up and your kid is sick or you wake up at two in the morning, your kid is sick and you're like, all right, are you staying home tomorrow? Am I? Or you wake up here in Colorado with a a two foot blizzard, uh, you know, two feet of snow. And you're like, well, I can't go in. So then I'm working from my laptop on the kitchen table, making calls on my cell phone on a tiny little screen. Now I have two big monitors, all the, the tech stack and everything. So for me, it was harder. I mean, it would literally take 14 hours to get that eight hour day done. Just, you know, mostly on the technology side and it was distracting and it wasn't conducive. Now I have an awesome setup and I have all the technology that I need and, and would have had, would have, or did have in the office setting. And to your point, my commute is walk down the stairs, grab a cup of coffee, maybe walk around the neighborhood, get a podcast, get my mind right, and I'm good to go. And then for lunch, I can walk in, I can hit the oven and it's going while I'm coming back to work. And then, it, you know, my lunch is ready and then I'm good. You know, so I'm like you, Mitch. I mean, it's hard now this far in to go back to that setting and lose out on what we know we've had. And the synergy piece is tough. I think for younger, not younger age-wise, but more junior people, if you're just learning a new trade, that's, it's tough to learn that remotely. I, I feel like, you know, if you, Nick, maybe you've had new, new recruiters or TA people on your team. And I feel like there is a great benefit of being around the osmosis, hearing things. That call was great. That call was lousy. I picked up on something here or even like the break room conversations. I think they're highly uh, beneficial, especially for people earlier in their career, for sure. So that's a great point. Actually, we've trained people from the ground up remotely and it's way different, it's challenging. way different. Yeah. You're recording yeah. video trains, then you're meeting every day on video to go through the things. Then you have to trust that they can spend a few hours on their own going into the depths of the market and falling on their face yeah. and then coming back. I don't hear it in real time. I can't. Right. 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 So I'm sure there's probably technology where you can join calls remotely. But the point is, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely different. Let's move on and talk about the trends. So Nick touched on a few, a big one about, hey, I was hired this way, but that's not what they're telling me now. And that was starting very early on too. You know, shortly after COVID, they hired me, but people are coming back and now they want me back. I didn't sign up for that. It's getting worse though. People who have been hired in Florida are now being asked to move their family to Minnesota because yep. the, the CEO decided, now we're working in a hybrid environment that goes for everybody except our yeah. you know, outside sales force. Well, wait, dude, yep. I live in Florida. I joined your company because I wanted to be with your company, but I never said anything about wanting to move to Florida or yep. uh, to Minnesota. So that's one yeah. aspect. 
Yep. I would say in our recent surveys, and this is primarily regulatory affairs just to, to be transparent, but I would say over 60%, sometimes closer to 70% of people when asked, would you prefer a remote environment, a hybrid working environment, or a fully on-site environment? Over 60% said, I want to work remotely. Okay. Now on the flip side, you've got, I would say over 80%. Adam, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And Nick, if you think something that's too high, tell it, you know, say it. But I would say over 80% of organizations are trying to push toward some sort of hybrid setup where let's get our staff in the office at least at the bare minimum two days a week. More than that, I'm seeing three days in the office, two days at home. And the whole idea is that the biggest pushback I get is what you said earlier. You can't have water cooler in passing conversations if we're not in the building together. You can't have spur of the moment ideas that pop into your head because you passed Sally in the hallways or because we met in a conference room together or because we were able to have lunch in the cafeteria. It doesn't happen in a remote environment. In a remote environment, we're meeting for a specific purpose on a video call. We do our thing, we get off the call. The other, per the, the flip side, people would argue is exactly, we meet when we need to, to get these things done. And then we go back to getting our work done at home as productively as possible. So there's flip sides to it, but that's the biggest trend is what I see is many, many organizations are pushing for some sort of hybrid environment. Whereas the vast majority of people that we interact with are really in ideally wanting to stay remote. What do you guys think or have to say about that? Yeah, I heard this morning, 84% of millennials want to work remotely. So that's my biggest concern is, hey, there's going to be a disparity. We talked about this offline. You know, here's what companies want. Here's what candidates want, employees want. Hey, the, the, you know, uh, COVID was eye-opening for, for this. And, and also there's a lot of people in our camp that didn't really consider it. Now they're like, hey, I'm not going back. And what one thing I think wh why there's such a push for hybrid and a lot of them are doing the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like like Nick's organization. And I think there's a benefit to it. But but some of the companies, if you ask them, they'll be honest. Well, we have, you know, we're spending $40,000 a month in office space. We have a lease that we can't get out of. Or gosh, we just bought a $5 million commercial space. Some of these big campuses, my brother-in-law works for one. And, and I know these like, they're spending a, a huge amount of money so they feel silly, like this is a ghost town. It's like a Saturday in here and it's a it's a Wednesday. It should be packed. We have a cafeteria then sitting bacon, all these things. So I think part of it's a sunk cost fallacy where they're just like, I think people are productive, but we have to we have to utilize this space in some way. I think that's part of it. I think it's part of it. But I, I really think the bigger drive is really around the the creativity, the innovation, which just depends a lot on those social relationships. And yeah. um, those in the moment conversations, I would say your numbers are probably, from my perspective, um, accurate as the percentage of people asking for fully remote. I would say, unlike two years ago, I don't struggle anymore to recruit talent for hybrid. So two years ago, I found probably about half of companies were still fully remote. The other half yeah. were um, either hybrid or full-time on, on site. And that was a challenge to really recruit in that climate as a, a hybrid company. And that wasn't here at my company, the current company, yeah. rather at my last. Whereas today, I'm hearing from candidates, you know, I, I do want to work from home, but that isn't an option at this point, right? The percentage of companies offering that is so much smaller and those opportunities so much harder to come by. I think the other challenge that candidates forget is that when you have a fully remote role, the candidate pool is nationwide, right? right. So 
We're now not looking for the best talent in Stoughton, Massachusetts, or in and around the, the area. We're looking for the best talent nationwide. And, and so I, I think the interview process for some of these remote positions um, can be grueling. Companies most certainly have the upper hand because there's tons of talent that are interested in remote all over the country. I just think the reality of getting a fully remote job has is very different than what a lot of people perceive it to be. I'm so glad you went there because that's the transition I was hoping to make. So think about this. If a company truly, if one of your core values is we want to hire the best and be the best, and I'm not saying that's an actual formal core value, but let's say that's part of your, your makeup. We want to be the best. We want to hire the best. That actually is very contradictory to we need you to work hybrid because you're limiting your pool to people who can make the commute or the needle in a haystack who just for some reason, uh, the timing lines up for them to want to make a move to your area and you having an open position. Otherwise, everybody else by nature of your rule of hybrid is ruled out, which means you're ruling out an entire talent pool. Yeah, I think my question would be, is a collection of individual best employees got a better output than a group of maybe not the best, right? Maybe maybe middle, middle of the road, right? But when you put these people together, are the outcomes potentially better than the outcomes of a, a bunch of individuals? And, and I say that because throughout my entire life, I have always found, whether it's personal life, professional life, when I come together with others, better things happen. When I do things on my own, I just can't get the same level of results satisfactory results, sure. Are they enough? Yes. But so I think the question is really, are you trying to hire the best? Because I'd agree if you are, right? Nationwide remote makes more sense. But I don't know that hiring the best does result in the best outcomes if they're all working as individuals. That's a great observation too, Nick. I was going to say, I hadn't really considered that, honestly. You you think, hey, you get the best talent, you're going to have the best company. I mean, you can find studio musicians that could play all the Beatles parts. The synergy they had is greater than the sum of the parts. And I, and I think we're seeing a drop in quality of music in the last couple of years. You're, you're seeing like, you know, Metallica was talking about trying to record songs on Zoom and they were rubbish. They're like, this is terrible. We don't have, it's hard when the drummer's there and, you know, and, and so I do think there's magic. Magic can happen when you get in there. So that's a good point. You have all B players, 80% people, but the magic of that can catapult the company. And maybe that is better than a bunch of A players, one in Austin, Texas, one in the Bay Area, one in Boston, Cambridge, one in RTP, one in Minnesota. Yeah, I hadn't considered that actually. I think it just depends, you know, on the what you're yeah. doing as an organization. In some cases, that collaborative work is going to lead to great things. In other cases, yeah. it, it's not helpful. Um, as for the music, this is why Mitch has got to get that band going so that we can finally get some good tunes, right, Mitch? <laughs> That would do. That would be dicks. wonderful. Listen, though, I'm thinking about what you guys are saying. That's in essence contradicting what you guys or what we're all saying is that this remote work can be done effectively with team that is spread out throughout the country. Because I'm looking as though if you have A players and they're in different parts of the country, but they're able to collaborate in a way that moves the ball forward from in a remote setting, you're saying the, the X factor would be, well, they can't always get into a room. And so there's better things that happen in a room, regardless of the caliber of the talent, that this, the sum is greater than the individual parts if they're in a room together. Possibly. Yeah. It's specific too. like, let's say R&D, for example, those folks, I would assume are going to thrive when they can go, hey, grab this conference room. We need to talk. We need to brainstorm for 45 minutes versus, hey, 
email out calendar invites. When's the next time all of us can meet? Well, that's next Thursday at two o'clock. And then you schedule a Zoom call. I feel like there's there's magic that can happen from being able to walk over. If you're R&D, marketing, RN, QA, all of the cross-functional teams to be like, hey, let's grab a coffee and let's just get to work. There's definitely something there. But then on the flip side, I think your organization is a perfect example of one that could thrive in a fully remote environment because it's not necessarily about the innovation. It's You're not creating right. new products or new ideas. Rather, you are each to some degree operating your own independent companies. And so I think even a company with strong R&D, there are going to be some functions that are perfectly fine to be fully remote um, and others that tend to do much better in more of a, a social type environment. And this is not a conversation that companies are really having. The companies are, are having the conversation, do we want to spend $200 million on the space and have this control over our employees because they don't do any work when they're at home, which by the way, we all know is not true. They're not having the right conversation. I think the right conversation is um, which of these jobs depend on that social network to be successful? Where is that creativity going to be important? And where is it maybe not as critical, right? Is a finance or accounting professional, do they really need to be surrounded by other finance and accounting professionals to correctly do the taxes, for example? You know, I would say no, you know? So I, I really just think the answer to all of these questions is always, it depends. It depends, yeah. yeah. And I would say absolute worst, the thing I hate seeing the most is when the company wants the staff on site in some capacity, but the leader is allowed to work remotely. Well, he lives in Minnesota and he flies in when he can, but and then he's hiring a team. Hey, Bob, can they do what you do? No, absolutely not. They've got to be with the team. Yeah. Interesting. That so happens a lot. Yeah. Too much. I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand it. It's not a onesie or twosie. I see this all the time and it makes no yeah. sense to me. It's such a bad precedent. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. What type yep. of president, like what type of president are you, are you setting? And what type of message are you setting? I'm better than you. I have more privilege yeah. than you. I mean, it just. Yep. We're, so. we're not going to force Bob to move from Minnesota to Austin because we don't want to afford to, we can't afford to lose him because he's great. Now, the specialist on this team. Yeah, they're, they're a dime a dozen and it, it, we, we make them move you know, live there. And if they say no, then they're out. That's the, whether that's accurate or not, that is the message you're setting. And, and uh, yeah, I was going to try to chime in on that because we do see it all the time. And even it's frustrating too for the hiring managers because a lot of times they go, look, I know it's not fair. I don't want to do this either. I want the, like Nick said, I want to be able to choose for, from everybody. And, and like you, Nick, you're in the Boston Cambridge area. If you can find somebody that can do the job that lives in Milwaukee, gosh, they're a fraction of the cost as somebody that lives there and you don't have office space. So look at the long-term net gains, you know, in terms of financial implications too. So I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think you're right, Nick. It depends if you're, you know, if you're SpaceX or, or Tesla and you want engineers that are working on the door of your, of your vehicle or your car or your spaceship. Yeah. You, you should probably be there. I don't want to do, I don't want you to be on zoom. And then, then you go, oh shoot, the guy put my door on backwards, but a regulatory affairs person that's getting a pathway to an approval and they're better than the person that's there or training or learning. I'll take that person. I'll take the, the person that's done it for 22 years that doesn't need micromanagement and they just go. That's who I want on my team. Yeah. I have said for years, the person who knows the answer to complex questions is probably wrong. And the person who doesn't know the answer to complex questions is probably <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so on 
Um, I, I just would caution everyone when you go out and you see the news and you see, you know, this person says everybody should be fully remote or everybody has to go back to the office. Yeah. These absolute statements are most likely wrong. Again, it just comes down to it depends on the company, on the department, on the team, on what it is that you're you're trying to accomplish, what your objectives, what your company's values and vision are, all of those are intertwined in this conversation. I don't think there is a right way or a wrong way. And it sounds like a broken record that here we are three years later and we're having the debate remote, hybrid, in office. The truth of the matter is, I feel like it's just getting more and more complicated than less um, because people are taking a more and more firm stance on what they believe. And there's just a butting of the heads as far as what people want. So I think it's still going to take some time to unravel. I think there it'll be interesting to see kind of, you know, as far as if there's really strong arming that happens and it actually works. Or if there's a meeting of the minds, be like, okay, you know what? Let's try to figure out. I've seen companies call it work from where you are. You're like, you want to work in our office? Wonderful. We'd love to have you. You want to work from home? That's fine. Here's kind of the privileges that you have as far as how you can interact with our company, what you need to do. You want to come a few days a week? That's fine. We, we're accepting of all and we're going to figure it out. To me, maybe there's something to be said for something like that. Yeah. And I think too, part of it is you know, gosh, I read something last night, Corn Ferry posted by 2030, there's going to be a huge technical gap for a lot of these roles. Um, and and they're still saying, you know, four of the five roles by 2040 don't exist today. So all the AI stuff that's replacing jobs, well, that's interesting, and, but it's going to create new jobs as well. Um, so I think that's part of it. You know, unemployment as of today is what, 3.3, 3.4%. And if you happen to have that skill set that's still in high need, you know, valued, you maybe have a little bit more leverage than somebody that's a little bit, you know, in a different spot. Like I won't name any, you know, that, but they might say, Hey, you have to be in the office five days a week. You might have less of a, of a say uh, in the matter. But to Mitch's point, that flexibility, I think is key. And what's kind of cool too, I'm hearing it daily when I talk to people, everyone's done this long enough now where they really make those observations and go, you know what? I'm a hundred percent remote right now. And I, I want to go into the office two days a week, or I want to go in the office three days a week. I miss talking to people. I miss the synergy. I do better work sometimes in some capacities there. So it's nice to get away from my kids and go in and have no distractions, lock my office door and just bang out eight or 10 hours worth of work. Some people like that. So I think it's, it's happening on both sides of the, of the table where both candidates and, and clients are, or companies are kind of figuring out what is the, the dream scenario and, and to next point. And it's, it's not black and white. It's it's complex. It's more nuanced than that. Good stuff, guys. Well, thanks for being here for another interesting uh, dynamic. How's that word? Dyna- I love that word. I'm being facetious. But uh, thanks for being here for another episode of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. We will be back live and in living color next Wednesday, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.